Hello, fellow podcasters. Welcome to the Safasa Podcast, where we discuss various topics around neurodiversity and autism spectrum disorder with self-advocates, program directors, and occupational therapists, families, and clinicians. I hope you enjoy what we have in store for you today. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the Center for Autism Services Alberta Students Association from the University of Alberta. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes and education only. The Center for Autism Services Alberta Students Association name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Welcome to the CFASA podcast. Um, today, we're joined by two great guests, uh, Hilary Mussel and Matheson from the Center for Autism, or more specifically, the NINA. And today, I'd like to welcome them to join our uh, special edition of the CFASA podcast. Okay, um, before we begin, I think it would be a great uh, idea to, uh, if both of, uh, both of you guys can tell us uh, tell or tell me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your backgrounds. So, um, Matheson, would you like to start? Sure. I am, as you all heard, my name is Matheson. I am a young adult with autism and ADHD. And uh, for the most part, I've usually like grown up in. The Edmonton area, grad, I've graduated high school, and then I've loved art for as long as I can remember, and uh, mostly self-taught, and then I also, like, a few tutorials here and there doesn't hurt either, but for the most part, it's just self-taught, and then... I also really like to, I started the weekend classes at the Nina when I was in 2015. That's a while and ago. Then, yeah, <laughs> quite a while ago. <laughs> I was doing the math in my head and I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely. almost 10 years. Yeah. Not quite. Not quite, but pretty close, yeah. Yeah. And then I also, I also, once I became an adult, I started volunteering for, for the center's uh, art classes at the Nana, and, uh, and then once, uh, once I had a few years, volunteering, apparently it was good enough to get me hired. Cool. Uh, when did you get hired at the at the Nina? I believe it's um, September of 2021, so over a year now. How has that been going? Is it a lot different now, or is it very similar to your volunteering experience? It was a little different, based off based off what I'm doing in 2021, and like for my first full year. But then, regardless, it's still it was still awesome both ways. I've been doing it. 
Yeah, that's really awesome to hear. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing an intro about yourself. Um, Hillary, would you like to share about something about yourself as well? Sure. Um, I, uh, similar to Matheson, uh, grew up doing art my whole life. Uh, it was just kind of something that I really enjoyed. And I, I think I really started getting into it um, when the internet was born. And uh, which makes me sound really old, but we just lived in the country, so we didn't have it for a while. And uh, and I would post my internet art, my art on the internet, and I I really enjoyed the feedback I would get from that, and and also just wanted to seeing what else was out there was really inspiring. Um, and then when I finished high school and went to university, I decided I was not going to do art at all for my career because I wanted to keep it as a hobby. Um, but uh, after I started doing my ed degree, I kind of ended up finding my way back into an art class in university, which I originally just took just for fun, just to kind of blow off some stress. And then I realized that, um, that I enjoyed it a heck of a lot more of anything else that I was doing. So... Um, I finished an ed, uh, art degree, and then later I went back and finished the ed degree again later. So that's kind of my jam is art and education, um, and and I would describe myself as a neurotypical individual, but um, but I've recently been told by a lot of people that they think <laughs> they're a little suspicious of me because uh, I just know how I work. That's all. So I've got a lot of good strategies for how I how I operate and and. Um, yeah, um, and I, I've been working at the Nina for since I think 2017, and I was just working in the studio at first, and then I started running the Center for Autism Saturday Art Classes, which is where I met Matheson. Um, and then I have kind of transitioned away from that now, and I'm the special projects coordinator there which is kind of a umbrella that has a lot of different stuff under it. I get to do a lot of really fun things and um, it's a really good spot for me because I have really discovered since working there that that sort of the enjoyment that I get out of art um, I want to share with other people and especially people who have typically limited access and um uh i would say uh not not as much um uh, their voices aren't heard as often so that's kind of what i like to do um so it's it's a really good spot and yes i'm matheson's co-worker now um and we work together on thursdays although i'm usually just sort of running around and he doesn't see me very much on thursdays because i'm just sort of all over the place on thursdays but yeah that's basically that's me yeah, thank you for your introduction as well. Um, what, what kind of programs did you have on Thursdays? I'm kind of curious. For... Um, Matheson, well, I mean, you're more in the studio, so maybe you want to talk about sort of what goes on on Thursdays in the studio there? Because I, uh, yeah, my things are different. I'm not 100% sure about what goes on in the morning. I'm usually just in the afternoons. But I think... Uh, I think how it goes is like, is there sort of like a 
trial thing that I I think I heard. Yeah, you you end up with a lot of those. I think. But so, yeah. I mean, if I if you don't mind me jumping in, I think the reason you see so many trial people is because Thursday afternoons we've only we've only recently reopened. So everybody who's new is showing up on Thursdays because that's the only time available that they have. But but normally our studio program is um, it's less like a class. Um, and it's just a basically an open studio where artists can come. And it's it's more like they're renting studio space than taking a class. Right. Um, and Matheson and I are sort of like, I guess, like studio technicians almost. Like if people need help, understanding a certain medium um we kind of help with that or we help them get supplies and show them yeah that's, that's and... definitely one area where i excel pretty well and then i also like to i also like to socialize with the artists and give suggestions for if they feel stuck on a project uh-huh. yeah that's a big component of the Nina is um, a lot of people come because it's a really nice social environment. I really miss the studio from when I was in university and working with all of my peers there. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, so this is kind of, that's their space for that, right? Um, and then, and then yeah, so part of it is training them to become, like, their, it's their space to kind of become professional artists. And so we often will give, you know feedback and and uh, suggestions for how to improve their work and yeah but yeah, yeah you see a lot of the trials because uh because a lot of new people are showing up and that's when they can join mm. yeah and usually on thursdays is sort of my office hours but, but recently we've been doing a public art project with a team of artists so um we've sort of it's there's it's a mess. I mean, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it turns yeah. the back of the studio I into a wood like, shop, and, and yeah, you had like that big wire project, and then there was the wood that I saw you working on the other day. That's all the same project. I know, but like it's yeah. it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really uh. It's really awesome to hear. Um, I haven't been to the Nina uh, or the Nina. Is that the way to say it? The Nina? Or it's the Nina, yeah. Yeah, it's named after a lady named Nina Haggerty. Her name was Nina. <laughs> okay, I apologize for messing up no, the name. But... It's okay. It's fine. Everybody no, does it. <laughs> but um, I, I I, don't have too much experience going to the Nina, but I did have volunteered for there for the Saturday programs that you mentioned. Um, I believe it was like in the morning and I, I sat down with this um, this wonderful uh, neurodiverse uh, child and you know I helped him do some clay some pottery and then we did some drawing with some pastels um, so I was wondering um, from that program and the programs that you have the nine up um, what uh, what is the purpose of giving these classes to, to these children what why give them this opportunity to express their art at the nine up if anyone you guys can answer well, um, I mean, I kind of know what I would say, but Mathis, and you sort of went through the classes, like, what did you, I guess when you did them, what did you enjoy about them? I really liked being able to 
see what kinds of art that they liked to make. And then it would also it would also sort of open me up to to learning more about them as well. And then it's a really nice way to socialize because uh, you get to learn about the stuff that they're passionate about, how they like to express that passion. And uh, it's also really nice uh, getting to see them learn and w help them with that. I think, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I, I think like, um, I think, I mean, I, I've learned so much about all of this just from teaching the classes. Like, um, so I'm not, an expert by any means, but I, I would say that the, the the individuals that we have in our classes, there's such a wide range of interests and skill levels and, um, you know, people need different levels of support and things like that. So having these classes, um, when I taught them at least, and I think going forward, the instructors who are currently teaching them, we really put a big focus on programming to the individuals that are in the class, which I think is very different from a lot of other art classes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, a good because, example, a good example of this is um, with the Saturday classes that I would attend. Um, I guess I still attend them, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, anyway, with the classes that I attend, I'm usually, for the most part, quite independent and don't really need a whole lot of support. But uh, there's also other individuals who may have difficulty, like, knowing what to do next, or, or sometimes they might... Uh, they might want to try something new. And so if we learn how to like communicate with them and, and if we learn what they like, then we can, we can use that information to help, to help them progress with their process and and improve the final product mm -hmm. the other thing that we see a lot of, at least that i've seen in the years i've been doing it is that we have a lot of a lot of repeat offenders a lot of people come back like i saying that in the most loving way possible like we've got i mean the group that is in the adult class right now most of them have been in it since they were teens and so people will come back year after year after year. And so with that in mind, I think we really kind of focus on that sort of long-term um, growth and, and we're able to see it too, which is very cool, but it's something that like, like we don't expect people to, you know, pick up a technique right away 
maybe not after a year, maybe not after two years, but usually after like three or four years of doing things, the yes, progress of people have made is a gradual process. Yeah. And so giving people time and space for that, I think is really important. And so that's another thing that's a little bit different from a lot of other art classes, which are just sort of like usually one and done. And whereas I usually expect people to return and to come back and to continue building things so it's really nice to have a space for that um i think it's kind of unusual as i've taught a lot of other art classes before and they're not usually like that so i don't know i can't remember what the question was anymore so i hope we answered it <laughs> no i yeah i think you guys answered it wonderfully um that's a really interesting uh, i don't know what the word is called but take on it or perspective and seeing how like having a long-term perspective rather than you know just a short-term perspective where you just you, know, you send your kid to to this uh place to do some art and then bring them back but uh -huh. really seeing it from the long term and the thing the, the fact that both of you can um, have that experience can really and can vouch for that sort of idea yeah. i think that's a really important uh yeah idea well, that people don't really see in in terms yeah. of art and and your diverse individual well i think that like because also matheson are, are also both artists I think we realize that it does take that long to acquire those kinds of skills, right? And I think Absolutely. even when we have parents dropping their kids off, I have conversations, or not so much anymore, because again, I'm not really part of the program, but I would always have conversations with parents about, you know, like they might be a little bit like confused or um, uh, not exactly uh, satisfied maybe with the products that their kids were making. And I'd say, just wait, just wait a couple of years. Like these things take time and we're letting people explore at their own pace. And honestly, they're going to enjoy it more if they do that. And you'll see, like they're doing great. So, you know, not like it, if you're not an artist, you don't always know. And I think even the parents are always a little surprised by that. But we kind of say like, it, it will happen, don't worry. It's like, just like anything, it takes time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's. Oh, sorry. So you had something to say, Matheson? There was even um, during the last year, um, there was this one. There was this one participant in the teen program, and I liked helping him so much that, like, uh, you could tell that, like, uh, like uh, he absolutely loved working on it and uh, the suggestions we gave to him for like uh, we he was really good and then and then actually i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> it happens a lot that's okay <laughs> i've seen that that exact same thing happen though a lot like yeah you know just with the support that people can get then they sort of yeah. try something and then they do something new that they've never done before and then they're so proud of it and then the next time they try to do something similar they can kind of do it by themselves which is sort of amazing right like yeah you know, like I mean, like back in 2015 i was mostly all sketching and markers and pencil crayons and now i've got like the i've got not just sketching but also acrylic paint acrylic ink and and even some 
even a little bit of clay as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that information. Um, obviously, I would like to contribute more, but I'm learning from what you guys are saying. <laughs> so this is really interesting for me to to learn. And um, yeah. So while we're on this topic of the nine up, um, I would like to ask, um, you know, what do you see from both of you? Uh, the impact that the Nina can have, uh, let's say five years from now. Um, what do you see from the people that are already uh, attending the classes and what do you see any growth in terms of um, uh, uh, artists that are neurodiverse, if that question makes any sense? I think so. Um, I, again, so I've, I've been there for a while. Um, and I've seen we've had a lot of changes in the last couple of years. And one of the biggest changes, obviously, was during the pandemic. And we were closed for a while. But when we reopened in order to kind of promote social distancing and, and have less bodies in the studio, we sort of cut our numbers in half and split our program from an all-day program with twice as many people into two half-day programs. So the same amount of people, just shorter amounts of time they'd be attending and um that alone has had a really dramatic impact on people's uh work because we have half the amount of artists in so they're getting twice the amount of support and we've been finding since we've come back and it was quite startling actually at first we were saying like what like like are people just excited to be back like people are just juiced up and ready to go like they're making this incredible work and people are doing things that we've never seen them do before. And we were kind of blown away at first, but I think it was mostly just because people had more support. And so the artists that we've got working in the studio right now are making amazing work. And there's lots of people that like should be, should be world famous artists, like incredible, incredible talents, like really, really unique, amazing, inspiring art that's happening. And um, uh, we're doing our darndest to get it out there. Um, uh, we're only so many people, though. So that's kind of our biggest hurdle is like, like if we had a bunch of extra manpower, we could just like, you know, really share this stuff. But um, I think you were asking about like how, how people how people grow and the impact on it. Yeah. The art has on people's lives. I think like um, when I started there was a, a a man who came in who was starting around the same time that I have. And, and he's always been like very wanting to try a lot of new things, but since he's been at the Nina, he's um, like really decided like he's, his, he's, he's, owned sort of I'm an artist as a title versus anything else that he describes about himself um he's also working for us now and um and like I think I know who you're talking about you know what I'm talking about yeah but like he's a great example of um how you can go from sort of again not really considering yourself an artist to considering yourself an artist and also being quite successful and having a pretty has gained a lot of professional skills um in terms of like 
how to put together an exhibition and you know how to finish work and all these kinds of things like has gained just so many different skills and so and and he frequently talks about um how much he enjoys his life so i mean i only hear i don't always hear about all the impacts that it has on people i just see what i see in the studio but occasionally people will come back and and either tell me what they like about it or i'll hear it from a parent or a guardian or something and um i don't know i don't know if it's like really measurable right it's it's it can be a pretty subtle thing but i think and it's different for everybody like right? some people just come because that's where all their friends are doing right and some people come because they're going to be famous artists and and this is their ticket out of how to do that and it's great either way is great so mm -hmm. yeah do you want to have anything matheson i sort of I'll talk forever about that. You have to come. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go and go and go and go. That's fair. Yeah, I I could do the same with a lot of different topics. Um. Anyway, um. There was um. I also really like uh, how. Eventually, I don't actually. I don't think there is anything I can add to this particular question <laughs> yeah that's okay um yeah thank you for sharing that Hillary. that's really you know um again i'm i'm just soaking it in it's really eye-opening for me in this sort of area um so yeah thank you for sharing that um so now i think it'd be a good time to switch topics um where we talked about more of the individualistic side from yourself hillary and yourself matheson um so It'd be really nice to have a perspective from both of you because, um, you know, Hillary, you are neurotypical and Matheson, you say you're neurodiverse. So it, it'll be nice to have a little bit of battle and a contrast in that sense. So uh, my question is, um, what kind of art do you personally enjoy? What kind of art do you uh, look forward to? Let's say you get home and you want to do something for fun. What's your favorite type of art to do in that sense? Well, as you um well i know i know we already talked about the different mediums that i that i like to use um whenever it comes to stuff that inspires me and like what i like to create with my own work i like to usually for the most part i have skills that to do almost anything as far as i've noticed anyway but then my i usually like to focus on my favorite kind of things like like good examples i'd say are mostly my favorite kinds of fiction like say video games superheroes science fiction or even like just movies and and I also like history and nature as well. Cool, 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 cool. What about yourself, Hilary? Um, I have less time than I'd like to do things because I have a three-year-old. Um, but I my 
I've, I've, I used to do a lot more just like drawing and sketching, but I've almost completely moved away from that now, unless I'm doing planning. Um, and my favorite mediums to work with are anything that's really tactile. So I really enjoy, um, all kinds of like fiber art. Like I like, I do a lot of crocheting and a lot of, um, just sort of like soft sculpture is when, when I'm like making a body of work that's sort of to what I tend to gravitate towards um <clears throat> I don't know I just really like making physical objects and I'm really still interested in um making things that resemble or bring to mind like real tissues and um sort of plant parts or things like that so a lot of my sculptures kind of feel like weird gross aliens <laughs> with no eyes um and uh but they're but i like to think about like the colors and the textures and things that are found in nature um and and thinking about uh and sort of that's sort of the way of processing just like what it's like to be an alive thing i guess um and and i do and and then i want to do and then i do do some um silly paintings just to kind of blow off stress of just whatever i want i usually like weird little ugly furry guys or whatever and you know fun colors and and that kind of stuff so that's that's what i like to do yeah cool <laughs> um it's interesting hearing about uh, both of the are inspirations for art. Um, personally, for me, um, when I, I took art class when I was younger, and uh, my inspirations were always uh, Nintendo, because I loved how they just looked on, on the screen, because I played a lot of video games when I was younger. But I can relate to that. Yeah, so I guess just, just a, a sentiment of um, my age. <laughs> but yeah, um, anyways, that being said, I would like to ask, um how did you get started in art to both of you how what what change in your mind in your life said oh maybe i wanted to pursue art or enjoy i just i just enjoy art as a hobby like you said so matthew if you'd like to go first i think um the i think the way that i really like uh, for the most part, art has just always been a hobby of mine. And then, and then that's how it was in the beginning. Like, since I was like a toddler, as far as I can remember. And then, and then I was still, for most of my life, just focusing on school and and uh, other things and then but then when graduation came around and i also and even a little bit earlier when i was in high school i started i started actually thinking about art as a as well something art related for a career and uh, that's eventually how i 
that's eventually how I started um I forgot what the original question was. <laughs> I was just asking, you know, how did you get started into art? And basically, if I were to reword the question, like where does your passion for art come from, basically? Okay, yeah. Um it it's a really good way for me to relax and to express what I'm feeling and thinking. And I can also, and as mentioned previously, it also allows me to get to know others and, uh, and learn more about them. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to answer your question, but I do, I have a quick question for you, Matheson, which was, why did you want to start volunteering? Because, I mean, you're great at it, but I'm interested just to kind of, I'm interested because you fit so well in the studio, but I think that's such an interesting decision to make is to just decide like, yeah, I want to give up my entire Saturday to do this. I think it was, uh, I think it's because uh, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure at this. Um, I think at the time I thought it would just be something new and fun to try. And then it would also, it could also be used to, to help uh, build my skill set. And, uh, and uh, fast forward to today, I, and I've got way more out of it than I ever could have imagined. So true, actually, isn't it? I've learned mm -hmm. so much from building stuff in the Nine for helping people with projects. It's amazing. Um, so I think for me, it's sort of similar again to Matheson, like it's just something I always did. And, uh, I don't know. I think like I had a very different reason for going into it at the beginning when I like seriously made the decision to go into art than I do now. And I think it's lucky that I decided to do it because I do think it's a very good fit for me but I'm not doing what I thought I was going to be doing. Like when I first started, I had a professor who is really the most enthusiastic person about art I've ever met in my life. And he would kind of wax on and on about like, you know, we'd be drawing ink on the floor and all this stuff. And he'd be going, you could be working in an office right now, but instead we're here doing this together and making something. And I was just like, so caught up in the, sort of the joy and like rebellion of doing something different um and I was like oh man I want to do that uh, and it turns out that I'm not great at, at like I like being an artist just an artist is way too stressful for me because I need that like structure uh, and guaranteed income and and I'm not great at um sort of being my own boss so all those things are things that I'm not good at and I don't love that part of the lifestyle but doing art and being able to share something that I do with other people and and uh serve people that that deserve it you know is is I think I think I got lucky um because I could have decided to do anything and Ben is excited about anything and um yeah so, so my, my, definitely my like 
original motivations for starting art are different now. Um, yeah, and, and when I make, when I do still make art, I think it's, I think that's still the same as when I was a kid. It's kind of like a magic trick, right? Like you have this idea in your head that then you can just sort of produce in real life. Like that's incredible. You think like, wouldn't it be cool if I could draw a picture of like, you know, a, a mushroom with with eyes and you know something that doesn't exist, and then you yeah. just make it there. You just make it, and then there it's there, and that's like it's it's kind of incredible. Um, and it's like I mean, why does anybody make anything? I guess it's just a human thing. I think, but uh, yeah, some of us are. I remember this one time when I was in, I think, elementary school, and uh, one of my fellow students, uh, they they asked if they asked me for help to help, so they could figure out how to draw as well as they thought I could, and uh, and I had absolutely no idea how to explain it to them i just said like pretty much what you said hillary i just see it in my head and then put it on paper yeah and then and then i think it's also that's also a good point with how it's difficult just being an artist because uh, one thing that I really struggle with is a lot of business factors that go into being yeah. an artist. Yeah. Because I have no idea how to price things and I, I don't really, um, and then if I was to like host an event or anything, I would, it's normally quite overwhelming. But what I've learned is that uh, I can, it's okay to say no to certain things if you feel like you're not ready for them. Or, or even if you don't think it's a good fit. But uh, it's also okay to ask for help in situations like that. You're uh, way ahead of 90% of artists that I know because they have a real hard time saying no to stuff and we end up doing a lot of stuff that we hate because you're like, but I need the money. Uh, yeah, I will no, admit it's, it's, uh, I have, actually, it's really I have actually done a few things that were quite stressful uh -huh. and sometimes I do... I do get started on things that uh, that are kind of uh, out of my comfort zone. And so I'll usually finish it after one or two attempts. And then I think there was actually um, some commissions that I that I did for the Nate Culinary team, and uh, this would have been back in my late high school years, 
I had to make like some designs for their menu for for a competition or something and uh, holy crap I am I am just jumping from topic to topic am aren't I <laughs> no you're good I'm, I'm following you okay and then that was a difficult process for me because I the deadline and the rush and all the communication was quite overwhelming. Hmm. Um, well, Matheson, you go to art school. You're not going to learn any of those skills. Okay. Like, how to price your art or do business or anything. They don't teach you that. Maybe they do now, but not when I was in school. And most people I know, they just focus on the art skills. So uh, the, everybody has to sort of learn the hard way unfortunately and um that might just be sort of a general larger problem with how artists are viewed in our society but um yeah but we don't need to get into that <laughs> yeah that's a whole other can of worms yeah that's a, that's a different that's a different podcast yeah <laughs> well i was about to ask um something related to that um because i know as artists it is a very what's the word to call a different type of job as compared to you know a normal office job so you're an accountant or something like that so i was wondering about you know being neurodiverse or neurotypical what what's the disadvantage or advantages in any sense you know of you know pursuing art as a living at in that in that sort of area so i'm not sure if that's the same question but I think that's the question that I that I was preparing to answer yeah or rather that's the question that I was yeah answering more or less yeah Mm -hmm. Um, yeah you're asking about about what was the word what did you say (laughs) like for example um you know let's say artists like yourselves are pricing your in that sense where can you know people who are art enthusiasts say for myself uh, would be willing to look for these pieces of art um, um, are there you know websites or auctions or uh, mm. certain centers that people can reach out like or more more simply how do artists like yourself get your art out there in that sense it's so different than it used to be it's really uh i have this conversation a lot with people we have a program at the Nina that we run in the summer, um, which is originally sort of how I started out there. It's a, sort of like a summer internship program where you go and you just hang out at the Nina and learn a bunch of, learn about the Nina and also work there, sort of volunteer there. And then we had some seminars with different like granting bodies and, and um, artists in the community who kind of pass on their wisdom. And it was, um, I remember it being very useful but we did a session on kind of like getting your art out there. And when I did it in like 2014, it was like, here's all the galleries in town. Here's how to contact them. Here's how to present a portfolio, this kind of thing. It was all about like getting represented by a gallery. And now when we do that, because I run that program now, it's totally different. And people, it's all about like social media and stuff like that, which I am. Uh, not great at so um so we have other experts in to talk about that stuff but it's so different now like 
it's a really weird question to answer because I think it's such in the like it's in the, in the middle of things. Like there's so many artists who do amazingly well by promoting themselves on social media and kind of again running their own marketing, which is something that galleries used to do for you. But it seems like and galleries are still a big part of the sort of art culture. But there's a really big push I've seen in the last decade to people just kind of doing it themselves. And so if you're looking to find art and artists, it's like, yeah, following people on social media and things like that. And um, and obviously you can go to art galleries and, and places like the Nina that have, like we have a gift shop where we sell work out of, we have a website and things like that. But um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really different um landscape that i thought i was just i was just getting used to and then it totally changed so uh i may not even be the best person to answer that question because like i'm still keeping i'm still keeping up with it right so yeah um yeah Yeah, you don't go to don't go to um the brick or ikea don't do that okay It's so crazy when like family members are like, "Oh, I bought this lovely painting. I went to IKEA," and I'm like, "That's not a painting. That artist isn't getting paid for that. Don't buy that." <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's cheap and it's very nice. Just take a picture of it and then. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're. For how I share most of my art, I like to, most of the time when I'm sharing my art, it's usually as a gift to someone, either for their birthday or as a thank you or really just anything that that makes me want to give them my art. And... uh, And then I also, for the Saturday classes, every year they have a show and sale at the Nina. And uh, that's another way that I like to share my art as well, is by showing it off in the gallery and then selling some of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those kinds of events are are really great. I honestly think that's my favorite way to view art and peruse it because like if you go to like an art market or like an art walk, you usually get a chance to meet the artist as well. And then you can talk to them about their process and about, you know, how they came up with the idea. And it's always really interesting hearing those stories and, and also getting to see the person who made the thing because it just makes it I don't know, it makes it more special, I think. So mm-hmm. um I usually like recommend to people who are like Lisa Nina artists who are trying to branch out and sell their work, that's a place that they start. Because it's really nice for them to practice like having conversations with people about their work and also yeah, getting to meet the people who are buying their work and stuff too. So that's always really fun. Yeah. And funny enough, I actually um I've been to a couple of art walks, uh, not quite sharing my art that way, but um, 
just talking with some of the artists that uh, that are here like in the local area and uh, funny enough one of the artists that i came across was my high school art teacher oh that's fun yeah <laughs> it's funny when you're in a situation like that because then a person who was like like had sort of a status like a teacher all of a sudden becomes a colleague in a weird way do you know what i mean like if you yeah. were also showing there next to them you'd be like oh hey we're just buddies trying to sell our art together right <laughs> you never do one of those matheson i've been thinking about it a lot yeah it's a lot of work to prep for it but um i would imagine yeah it's it's all i don't know it's i'd say good to to go into it with like um not a mindset of like i'm gonna sell all the stuff and make a bunch of money but more just like i'm gonna share a bunch of things because that's the best yeah, I, I mean the money is also always, the best but yeah. then you're not disappointed when you don't sell everything and and like yeah. you gotta start somewhere right so exactly yeah yeah i always i always preferred the sharing part of it yeah because because um i just uh I mean, the money part is like uh, not so much. It's more of a necessity than an actual exciting thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but also, you're, I mean, I'm assuming you're in a place where if you don't do a market, you're not going to starve to death. You know what I mean? Like you have another that's, job. That's a fair point. Yeah. 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 So it's nice to have that safety net so that you can kind of do those things yeah. without feeling like, that's true that, yeah that kind of pressure so so yeah i am i am definitely a little biased in that regard yeah. <laughs> i always one oh sorry i was gonna say that's one way to really motivate yourself to make great art though if you're like i've quit my job and now this is my job and if i don't make great art i will be have no electricity i've never done that and i'm never going to do that probably yeah <laughs> it's just too scary for me <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, what's that feeling of, because I'm sure as artists, you put a lot of time and effort and creativity in, in the pieces that you make. What's that feeling of giving it away to somebody or, you know, selling in that sense, because you don't get to see it anymore. Mm -hmm. So personally, when I think about it, like, hypothetically, I think, you know, I worked so hard in that. Now it's not here anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So what's what's your take on that for both of you guys i guess i mean i have a very specific example so i did an art walk a couple times and the one time i did it i don't know what year it was it's 2000 something um on white ave and one of the things that i brought was this uh it's truly terrible i mean okay i thought i did it i did a good job it was a quality item, but it's awful to look at because what I had done was I had taken a Barbie and a toy giraffe and sort of like Sid from Toy Story sort of spliced them together in a really horrible way. <laughs> so the the giraffe had a Barbie's head on it and I made it so it was really seamlessly joined at the neck. And then also um, the front legs of the giraffe were Barbie arms. So it was sort of this monstrosity. And then I painted the whole thing, um, this like just weird peach color. Um, and then 
yeah so that was this awful thing I made and I was selling it at my table um mostly I think as just a joke as like <laughs> like here's this thing I made uh and then somebody came and bought it and loved it and was like this is the best thing I've ever seen like you should make more of these and has and I was kind of floored and actually I it's funny because I knew her from high school and I hadn't seen her in like I don't know forever and we weren't really friends so making that connection with that person who liked my work as much as I did it didn't feel bad giving it away also I mean I didn't want to look at it because it was awful but like (laughs) like that that when you meet somebody who appreciates the work it's kind of like you know if you have to give a kitten away you want to give it to a good home and so when somebody likes the work and is going to enjoy it it's better off in somebody's house where they appreciate it than just jammed into a box in my studio somewhere which is what's going to happen to it if I don't sell it so yeah so that that kind of makes it that makes it okay and then they give you money too which is nice (laughs) um but yeah and and like you get to find like this weird sort of kindred soul who's like oh yeah you're a person who likes horrible giraffe humans too like yeah okay so that's kind of fun yeah what do you think matheson i think um this was about um Sorry, I forgot. I forgot to what the question was. Like, how hard is it to like give away or sell your work after you've spent so much time on it? It uh, it used to be quite difficult for me, um, because like, uh, I guess uh, the thing that I really like is that uh, I think my the way I think of it is that uh, I spent all this time and uh, and uh, effort into working on this project, and then to be able to to give it to someone or sell it or whatever, and uh, I really like being able. I like it better if I can, if I can talk to who I'm selling it to, because uh, I want to know why and uh, and how they like it, like why they like it, and so I can also share my story and thought process of making it, sort of like a behind the scenes thing, and then just getting to know what they like about it is uh, a really good experience and opens up so many different stories that you can share with them. Yeah. We just want to talk about ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, That's a really like, I've always wondered about that type of area of art. So it's really I I'm not eye opening. It's it's really. I'm just curious about how actual artists think about giving their stuff away. Sorry, that was an added question, but yeah, um, definitely. I'll and then another good good factor that has more or less helped me to to make 
parting with my work easier. Let's just say thank goodness for cameras. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. then you can document it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty good about that, aren't you, Matheson? Mm-hmm. I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think taking pictures of your, your art is it's like a blessing. You give it away and you still have it to, to enjoy on your phone or on your yeah. computer. So um so we could keep talking about art and everything about our lives forever but we do have to cut it now we don't want to talk for too long so i want to say thank you uh for joining thank you both of you uh hillary and matheson for joining us on this edition of the cfasa podcast episode and um is there any last words you want to say to the public or any anything you, you want to say speak on your mind I think everybody should make, should be some kind of an artist, at least a little bit. Everybody should do something. Because I think that it really, I don't know, process of like making something, especially if you're making something for somebody else. Like, it's... it's, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, It helps us all kind of connect to each other and understand each other better. And I think we need that. Definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, totally, definitely. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you for joining us today. Um, this has been a wonderful discussion. Um, and uh, I hope everyone can take something out of this episode and apply it to their lives in the future. So, again, thank you both. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for having us on.